Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Toyo Open Country AT3. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive. You can go to TireRack.com slash Dan. That's TireRack.com slash Dan. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Before we get to Ross Tucker, who wants to uh, wager over under, Todd? 26 and a half. All right. Seton O'Connor. 31 and a half. Whoa. Yeah, big time. Okay. Marv? 26 and a half. Paul? 23 and a half. 24 and a half. I'm taking the over. Over under rushing yards, Lamar Jackson, Marvin, seven hundred and nine. six fifty. All right, Paulie, oh five eighty. Todd, seven seventy seven. Eight seventy five and a half. <laughs> those, I don't know what any of those. This is fun. I love it. I don't know what any of those mean. Doesn't have to mean anything. I, yeah, we're just filling time. Before we bring in Ross Tucker, Westwood One CBS Sports Analyst and former offensive lineman, the Ross Tucker Football Podcast is a must-listen, and you can find him on social media as, uh, at, not ass, I think I said ass Ross Tucker NFL. That might work, too. <laughs> yeah, no problem, Dan. How are you, man? Good to see you. Okay, give me your head scratcher last night. Ooh, um, I got a couple of them, I guess. I, I think it's a little bit of a head-scratcher that the Houston Texans gave up as much as they did for Will Anderson. And I think what happened – look, I love Will Anderson, Dan, but that's a lot. It I is. mean, the thir- the 33rd pick is essentially another first-round pick. Next year's first-round pick, we usually don't see teams give up that much for a defensive player. I mean, if it's it's one thing for a starting quarterback or a franchise quarterback, but for a defensive player. And and my read on that, Dan, is always the same. When I see GMs like Joe Douglas for the Jets or Nick Casario for the Texans 
starting to give up future ones, future draft picks like they're doing, yeah. it usually means they think there's a chance they're on the hot seat and they need to win that year. And I don't really blame them, right? I mean, who cares about next year's first-round pick if you're fired, if you're not there anymore? But the more teams give up future picks, the more I think that general manager wonders what kind of footing he's on for that franchise. But you have a coach, D'Amico Ryans, who's just starting there. Nick Casario has been there as the GM. So you do you have you know conflicting interests there of you got a coach who just started with a six-year deal, and does he want to give up draft capital next year for a line, you know, an edge rusher here? It's a terrific point, Dan, which is why most good organizations try to have those two positions aligned. Because now you've got your two decision makers, and they'll say all the right things that they're on the same page, but they're not on the same timeline. If, if yeah. you're not on the same timeline, you can't possibly be on the same page because you have different interests in mind when you're making some of these decisions. I think we saw that from the Houston Texans last night. But also people have to remember Carolina traded up to get Bryce Young. If that doesn't work out, you're really in trouble because you failed with the number one overall pick and you had to trade up with the Bears to get that number one pick. Well, and the thing I keep thinking about is think about the Houston Texans. I think everybody believes they wanted Bryce Young and would have rather had Bryce Young. I mean, that that's all-time bad process by the Texans to make it pretty clear they were going to fire Lovey Smith before the last game last year, and then Lovey goes out and wins and gives them a uh, a parting gift. I mean, that that could be franchise-altering. Yeah, There weren't a lot of questions about Bryce Young other than the size, there were people that were very concerned about C.J. Stroud. I mean, that that one loss, or in this case, win by the Texans, could be franchise-altering for a decade or more. I thought the Jets failed Aaron Rodgers last night because it's already a top-five defense. I w- you're, you're not winning by your defense in the NFL. It helps to have somebody who can stop somebody when you need to stop. This is the new NFL, or this is the way it is. I would have gone after a tight end or one of those wide receivers. They got scooped because it felt like they were going to take an offensive lineman. But uh, give me the strategy behind what the Jets did with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Dan, Jets fans are mad at me. But honestly, this is why the Jets are the Jets. I mean, there's a lot of bad here. A lot of bad here. First of all, I thought they had way too much leverage to give up what they did for Aaron Rodgers. Are you kidding me? I mean, a one and a two, and you flip picks, which they didn't think was a big deal. It was a big deal yes, last night yes, that they did that pick. For a for $60 million, for a guy that might only play one year, all that for the right to pay Rodgers. And, and the Jets fan, oh, he's going to restructure. He's not taking less, bro. I promise you he's not taking less. Restructure is for cap purposes. It's not less money. And so here's the other thing, Dan. There are certain organizations, and you know this, they just have loose lips, man. Every single mock draft had the Jets taking Broderick Jones at 13. Every mock draft, even with mock drafts, where Skaronsky was still available or Darnell Wright was still available, everybody and their brother knew the Jets won an offensive lineman, and knew they liked Broderick Jones. You can't have it that way, Dan. You, you can't – first of all, you can't have that obvious 
a position of need. Secondly, you can't let everybody know who you want because then what the Steelers do? Steelers went from 17 to 14 with the Patriots. They only had to give up a fourth-round pick. They went right in front of the Jets and took the guy the Jets were going to take. There's 0% chance the Jets were going to take Will McDonald the fourth over Broderick Jones. They got scooped. They got beat by the Patriots. They got beat by the Steelers. They got beat by the Packers in that scenario. They should have traded down after that. If you're not going to get the guy that you want there, trade down, and then maybe somebody falls to you. But I still, I, I would have grabbed another wide receiver or I would have grabbed a tight end here. Get somebody who helps you right now and and you still have needs with your offense. I, I just, it, they, they, or, didn't, they didn't have a good night. Or, or, even, or even, Dan, think about like the Jaguars, right? They lost Jawan Taylor in uh, free agency. Cam Robinson suspended. The Jags traded down twice in the 20s and still got Anton Harrison, the offensive tackle from Oklahoma. So the Jets could have done something like that. Now, in fairness to the Jets, you know, it takes two to tango. Somebody has to want to move up, right? Like, you, you can't just trade down just to trade down. Somebody has to want to move up to 15. But I, I just thought it was really poor process by the New York Jets. And now I think they're short a guy, at least one guy up front. Yeah, and I know they have cap space. You know, this has been mentioned to me that uh, they can go out and get you know, somebody, but they could have gotten somebody last night. We're talking to Ross Tucker, Westwood One CBS, NFL and college football analyst. Did the Cowboys get scooped last night? Yeah, I feel like this happens to them all the time. I mean, you know, just the fact that I can't decide whether they were really discussing who they were going to take that long, because should you ever be in a point where you have to take the full 10 minutes and like they showed McCarthy and Jerry Jones with like 45 seconds left still talking yeah. and then they put it in and Stephen Jones, it looks around. He's like, okay, it's time to clap guys. It's time to do the fake clap. The fake clap is hilarious to me. Like, can you, can we organize this a little bit more? Can we have somebody else initiate it? The fake clap, like, like they're thrilled that they got Mozzie Smith. Like that's the guy they want. I think everybody believes they wanted Dalton Kincaid. Yeah. They wanted the tight end to be able to stretch the middle of the field for Dak Prescott. They need to replace Dalton Schultz, but the Cowboys are another, I'm actually amazed that the Cowboys draft as well as they do, considering how often it seems like people have a pretty good feel for what they're going to do. I, I mean, so, sometimes they just get lucky. I mean, the Micah Parsons thing, they wanted a corner at 10, you know, a couple of years ago, but the corner, J.C. Horn and Sertain went off the board. So the Eagles moved up for Devontae Smith. The Cowboys kind of lucked into Micah Parsons. The, the Dak Prescott year, the Cowboys wanted Paxton Lynch in the first round. Even at the top of the fourth round, they wanted Connor Cook. I, know. I mean, the best picks the Cowboys make <laughs> are when they don't get the guy they actually want. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I know. I know. But I, I, there's no way. Now, I know that they had problems stopping the run. But if you're Jerry Jones, you love to have shiny toys. And he would love to have, you know, if it's a, a tight end or a wide receiver, whatever it is, I thought, you know, they, 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 I think they were caught. It was like, oh, my God, wait, Buffalo did what? And now all of a sudden, well, I don't know. Who are we taking? I don't know. Whoever we take, let's applaud and act like it's the guy that we really and, wanted. And, and and you know what, Dan? This is a because so, some organizations are better at this than others. It's never good if you go into the draft 
with a glaring need. Like the Jets had on the offensive line, like the Cowboys have a tight end. You got to have somebody that is good enough at that position. You have to have a baseline starter at that position. So it's not like you're telegraphing what position you would like to select a player. Now, look, there's a lot of good tight ends this year, so I'm sure the Cowboys will take one in the second or third round or whatever, but it's still not good to have that huge hole. Back in the day, teams would always have like one starter left. Oh, we'll just take a guy in the first round. You can't do that anymore. Poll question is, who goes uh, first today or before the other one, uh, Will Levis or Hendon Hooker? That is a good one. Um, I would not be surprised if it's Hendon Hooker. You know, I, I felt bad for Will Levis last night, but I'm not that surprised. I mean, Dan, we did a, a live mock draft like a week ago on my YouTube page, and Will Levis didn't get drafted. I mean, there was only three teams that were definitely going to take a quarterback. And as you went through it, you knew Bryce Young was one, okay? So this is what I said. Dan, I, I compared Will Levis to Kmart, okay? And here's why, right? If you wanted a polished pocket passer, you're not taking Levis. You're going to take C.J. Stroud. If you wanted, like, the high upside, the potential, the arm and the speed and whatever, you're going to take Anthony Richardson. I felt like Will Levis was stuck in the middle, which is kind of where Kmart was, right? Like, my dad's a sales guy. He told me, Ross, if you want the least expensive thing, you go to Walmart. If you want something a little bit nicer – you go to Target or maybe Target, Dan, as you call it, Target. <laughs> but that's why Kmart went out of business. You don't want to be in the middle in life. Will Levis got stuck in the middle, and that's why he dropped precipitously. Explain to me the Colts going all in on Anthony Richardson with number four and then saying, hey, don't expect him to be Superman right away. Well, it, it, that this is all about Shane Steichen. And you know I do the Eagles preseason games on TV. Heck, I'm here in Philadelphia right now doing the draft for them. Shane Steichen the last two years had Jalen Hurts. And I really think, Dan, talking with these guys, once you have a quarterback that's a big-time running threat as a play caller and play designer, it is so hard to go back. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like once you know how much easier that makes things, yeah. once you see the world that that opens up, man, it's hard to go back. And I think Steichen feels like he has the template with Hertz, which is maybe in year one, you settle Richardson in the first few games, you play Minshew. Then when Richardson comes in, maybe it's a heavy ground-based attack like the Eagles were in 2021, but you have the belief that you can develop him if he's the right kind of kid as a passer, which is obviously exactly what the Eagles did with Hurts last year. Shane Steichen has the template to see how he's going to develop Anthony Richardson because he just did it with Hurts over the last two years. And the Eagles Eagles stole the night, I think. You know that, that It's unbelievable. They did, I mean, yeah. And, and people, Dan, you know, people, oh, you work for them, so you're biased. Well, what do you want me to say? I mean, they got arguably the best player in the draft at number nine. And none of us really know the off-the-field stuff. I know this much. He reminds me a lot of Fletcher Cox in his prime, so he can just follow Fletcher Cox around. Plus, his two of his mentors, two of his older buddies from Georgia, N'Kobe Dean and Jordan Davis, they just took last year. Yeah. And Nolan Smith is a crazy high-character guy. So he's got three teammates that can keep him on the right path. And then the Nolan Smith one, Dan, is interesting to me. I know he tore his pec, 
but it's bizarre that he was still there at 30. I, I don't know what the knock is. I think he's not a scheme fit for some people as an edge guy at 6'2", 238. But a lot of people thought the Eagles would take him at 10. I was floored that he was still available at 30. They got arguably a top three pick and a top 10 pick at 9 and 30. Before I let you go, Lamar Jackson's deal. Did the Ravens do the right thing? The Ravens absolutely did the right thing, and Lamar finally did the right thing. You know, the Ravens would, the Ravens essentially offered him this deal last year, Dan. I mean, they offered him the Jalen Hurts deal before the 2022 season. So I'm thrilled it worked out for Lamar. He saves money on an agent, but he took on all that injury risk, Dan. The whole se- I mean, what if he tore his patella tendon? Like, what, what if he tore a quad? A quad? Like, he took on all that injury risk to get $10 million more. I mean, instead of $250 million, he gets two sixty. He didn't even get more guaranteed. I mean, he gets $2 million more per year. It, it, it was not a great process for Lamar, but who cares now? All's well that ends well. And you know me, Dan. As a former player, all I want is for every guy to maximize the financial security they can get for their families from their gift. I talked to teammates of his that were so scared he was never going to be able to cash in this lottery ticket that he had earned. He gets the money. It's $185 million guaranteed. Nobody with the last name Jackson, at least in Lamar's family, will ever have to worry about money again. It's awesome. Good to talk to you. Have a good weekend. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. You as well, Dan. Thanks for having me. That's Ross Tucker joining us from Philadelphia. Westwood One CBS Sports NFL and college football analyst and the host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, I didn't even thought about that. Yeah, most people don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. If I could eat bacon for every meal, I think I would. I don't think I would. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, brunch. My love for bacon is no joke. My wife, who I love as much as bacon, says I would even put bacon in cereal if I could. You know, I thought that I knew what good bacon was. Uh, Turns out, nope, I was wrong. Hmm. Because then I tried right brand bacon, and honestly, 
I was speechless. And you know it takes a lot to get me speechless, Paulie. But it was mind-blowing how good it was. And now here I am, a man that's been eating bacon his whole life, like it's his job, and I've never tried bacon like this before. We're talking about number one, thick-cut, flip-your-whole-world-upside-down bacon, man. Everything from the thickness of it to how it's actually real wood smoked just makes it taste unbelievable. It's really indescribable. I can't do it justice. And you should really just try it for yourself. Yeah, don't be average. You're better than that. Do yourself a favor and get some right brand bacon in you. I'm getting upset. Experience bacon the right way. Right brand bacon. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it Whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, Fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. Checking the DraftKings lines. NFL draft player props. Over, under, passing touchdowns, Bryce Young, year one. Todd, I'll start with you. 23 and a half. All right. Seton O'Connor. 21. All right. Marv. 19 and a half. Paulie. 17 and a half. 26 and a half. 26 and a half. No pressure. How about C.J. Stroud passing touchdowns over under Todd? 24 and a half. All right. Seton O'Connor? 19 and a half. All right, Marv? <laughs> 22 and a half. Paulie? 21. 23 and a half. Over Generous. under over under rushing yards, Bijan Robinson. Seton O'Connor? 975. <laughs> Mark? <laughs> uh, 1,200. All right. Paulie? 1,060. Todd? 1,107. 1,100 and a half yards. Oh, just over, toddler. I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you, you went over. <laughs> Let's bring in Mike Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk Live co-host, NBC Football Night America contributor, and the show that precedes ours on Peacock. Uh, let's start with Lamar Jackson here. How did we get to this point? And we always love to say, what's the true value of the contract? And who won and who lost here? Well, we don't know the true value yet because we haven't seen the full numbers. We have limited information so far, but it's a five-year $260 million contract from signing. Usually it's an extension and we ignore the fact that there's old money involved. Let me give you a great example. Good comparison. Jalen Hurts. He actually has a six-year $259 million contract when it's signed and when it's applied. Lamar, five years, 260. Lamar makes more over five years than Jalen Hurts makes over six years because Jalen Hurts had that one year left that gets attached to the five-year extension, making it a six-year contract. So there's little things like that 
that need to be explained. It's easier, though, once we get the full numbers. And we'll get the full numbers, Dan. Full guarantee at signing. And also, how much of the injury guarantee becomes fully guaranteed after the first year? Because they're not going to cut him after one year. How much flips? What's that total number? That helps us understand how good of a deal it is. Any chance the Ravens regret this? Or will regret I don't think this? they regret it. I think they regret the fact that they couldn't have gotten it done sooner. Okay. I think it should have been done last August. Look, we reported in the aftermath of the Jalen Hurts deal. And I think the Jalen Hurts deal, Dan, was a very valuable piece of this. I think it snapped Lamar Jackson out of his Deshaun Watson fever dream. It finally got him to realize, I'm not getting five years fully guaranteed, 230, 240, 250 million. It's not happening. It's the aberration. It's the outlier. I have to do a traditional deal like Jalen Hurts. And that's what he did. Now, I think he should have done it last August. Last August, he would have gotten 133 million fully guaranteed at signing. Last August, he would have signed a deal that would have flipped another 35 million to fully guaranteed in March of this year for 168 that would have been fully guaranteed as a practical matter. He should have done it in August. And I'm going to be very interested to compare the key factors from this deal to what I know about the deal he rejected in August. But he finally woke up and realized this is the key because people are like, oh, he, he won or he didn't need an agent after all or whatever. He needed someone to wake him up, whether it was Odell Beckham Jr., whether it was Jalen Hurts contract, something woke him up to get him to realize I'm not going to get what I want. I better just take what I can get. What's Aaron Rodgers getting paid this year? 60 million. Okay, where did I see 107 million? I, I, there's all sorts of different numbers that flow around. Look, his cash flow is 100. Oh, yeah, they did something with his contract. Yeah. And I don't, I haven't seen the actual documents yet, so I'm not ready to accept that someone else's characterization of it is accurate. There was something about his salary next year being 107 million, but that's including the 60 million he's due to make this year, but he's still going to make 60 million this year. He's not playing for a million bucks this year in New York. They did something in Green Bay so they could trade the contract in a way that reduced the cap hit. But the Jets aren't paying him any less this year than what he was supposed to make. He didn't take a pay cut but are, to facilitate his trade. But they're not paying him $107 million this year. No, they? $60 million okay. is what he was due to make this year. And I've heard nothing to suggest he's taken a penny less than $60 million. But that's still pretty good for a guy who's pushing 40 $60 million in cash flow this year under the contract he signed last year with the Packers. And, and I don't want to front load this because I want to entice him to play next year. And there's no guarantee... And what did you make of what happened with the Jets in the draft with uh, a team that needed offensive line and they ended up getting somebody for the defense? Hidden cost of that final Aaron Rodgers trade. Look, Dan, I think the Jets got fleeced here. I, I, when you look at everything they gave up, they were desperate to get this guy. The, the pick next year, the second rounder that becomes a first rounder, all it takes is Aaron Rodgers playing just over 11 games this year and the second rounder becomes a first rounder. They don't have to make the playoffs for it to become a first rounder. They don't have to win a playoff game. They don't have to win a single regular season game. That could be a top five pick. Let's say he gets injured and misses five games and they struggle. They got a tough schedule. They fail to make the playoffs. They're in the top 10. Packers get that pick if he plays 65% of the snaps. And then the kicker was the flip-flop, 13 to 15. You fall to 15, what yeah. happens? Steelers <laughs> cut the line. They take the tackle that you may have wanted, yeah. and you have to go other side of the line. That's the hidden cost of this deal. But they were desperate to get it done. My theory is Woody Johnson, the owner of the Jets, 
said to somebody on Monday, get this bleepity bleep thing done today. I'm sick of this hanging over our heads. I'm watching the body language of the Cowboys in the war room. And I think they got surprised by the Buffalo Bills. What do you make of what the Cowboys did? That they, you know, you have to, you're on camera. You got to be excited for the cameras. <laughs> do you think the Cowboys got the player that they truly wanted, Mike? Well, look, they're never going to admit it. They're always going to say they got the guy they would have taken, even if we had the first overall pick in the draft. But that move by the Bills, I, Sims and I were talking about this earlier today. You know, the Bills need playmakers on offense. All they have is Stephon Diggs, especially a receiver. And Dawson Knox, look, he's no slouch, but they need they need a receiver. You get through 19 picks and not a single receiver is taken. This is great for the Bills. And then receiver, 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 <laughs> receiver. And, you know, the Cowboys are lurking for a potential tight end. And I thought the Bills were going to move up even higher than they did. But I think they got desperate to get that guy. And now they have Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid. How's that going to work out? I don't know. But they need pass catchers for Josh Allen. He's Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk Live. Let's play the Will Levis game. Who takes him? Well, you know, you got teams out there that were potentially looking at quarterback that didn't take one in round one. What happens in round two? Does Tennessee try to move up? Do the Steelers dangle that pick all day long to whoever wants Will Levis? Somebody explained to me, I haven't written this yet, but somebody explained to these, me this morning what can happen. When a slide begins, there are so many insecure teams about their own evaluation that when a guy starts to slide, they doubt their evaluation and they worry, what are others going to say? What's the owner going to say? What if he doesn't work out? You have your evaluation. And the person I talked to today thinks 20 to 25 teams had a first round grade on Will Levis. But once he starts to go, people get wobbly about what they really think. And that slide gets fueled. So that raises the possibility that one of these teams out there, Dan, that is thinking, we need a quarterback. We didn't get one last night. Let's see if we can trade up and get in position to get Will Levis. And it's good for Levis from this standpoint. It's a four-year contract, not five years. It's better to go high round two than low round one because you don't have to worry about the fifth-year option. Like Dak Prescott, even though he went far later than round one, he was able to put the Cowboys in a corner pretty quickly. I don't know if that made him feel good last night at 11 o'clock as he's no, trying to no. slink out of the uh, green room. Dan, somebody did not properly set his expectations. That's the most important thing yes. the agent can do. You got to prepare your client for your worst case scenario. Where is your floor? Well, Mike, Nobody I, I, told I, him his floor is all the way out of round one. I, I want to play this from his pro day. Marvin, play uh, Will Levis. If I get invited and like if I know like I'll be a pretty high pick, I'll definitely go. I'm I'm looking forward to going, but um, I don't want to go if if like I could be like a second round pick. You know, you don't want to be that. <laughs> don't want to have the camera just on you all day. Well, it's exactly yep. exactly. You may have a new agent. Hey, I, Gino Smith. Remember when he fell <laughs> yeah. out around one? Yeah. And he came, he didn't come back at first on day two, and then he gets picked. He he changed agents not long after that. Somebody failed to prepare him for what was going to happen, or he wouldn't have gone. Why go? I know. Why put yourself through that if you think there's a chance you're going to slide all the way out of round one? Does he go today? I think he goes today. I don't think it's going to continue. I think no, does he show up today? Oh, oh good question. <laughs> good question. Uh, I wouldn't. I, I know I, I wouldn't have gone. Unless I'm damn sure I'm one of the top five guys, I wouldn't have even gone. So... I think that's going to be a real tough one to get him to go back. But but, but I think he'll the, be there. Hasn't the commissioner said before, didn't they say, hey, stop putting a camera on 
some of these guys who who start falling? Hey, it's good I, TV, but you know, at some point you're like, come on, you know, I cut the kid a break. Dan, it's on my list of things to track down. I feel like at some point over the past 15 years, I wrote a story about that. Now I just have to go find it. It's, you know, the, the, it, it moves pretty quickly in these parts, but I'm pretty sure my adult brain vaguely recalls something like that, where they wanted to, to make it less taxing on the player, more humane, more positive, less negative. They don't want that dramatic moment where we're all enjoying in a weird sort of way this stress and strain so we saw a few shots last night and it was clear that will levis was not prepared for what ultimately happened where does hendon hooker go well i mean he's a prime candidate for the titans because you don't need him this year torn acl not going to be ready this year don't rush him into the fray this year there's a thought maybe Hooker actually goes higher than Levis if people are really freaked out. Is about the Levis Malik Willis coach. era over before it even started in Tennessee? Well, I think the moment they benched him for Josh Dobbs last year is when it ended. Okay. I mean, think about it. They're, they're, they're in a playoff push. And I, I remember that Thursday night game was approaching against the Cowboys. And it's like, they're, they're, they're what? They're starting Josh Dobbs instead of Malik Willis. What are they doing? They're saving Malik Willis for the playoffs. They just assume they're making the postseason. Yeah. It makes no sense to me. But think about the disconnect that apparently was there between John Robinson, the former GM, and Mike Vrabel, the head coach. Remember last year, the scene when they trade A.J. Brown? Yeah. And Vrabel looks like he's ready to throw someone through a wall. I, I, that may have been a pick where Robinson thinks Malik Willis is the guy and Vrabel was never really sold on it, and so now we move on from Malik Willis. The best pick last night was made by who? I, I really was fascinated by Bijan Robinson, and I think the Falcons – went from fringe team of relevance to real contender in one fell swoop. They do love and, to run the ball, Mike. You know, over 50%, they're one of three teams that they run the ball more than they pass. They were 7-10 and 10 each of the last two years, and it doesn't seem that they were that good. Yeah. They're in a wide-open division in a conference where all the great talent keeps leaving for the AFC. Yes, the Eagles are really good. Yes, the 49ers are really good. But when you look at the skill position players they have now, Kyle Pitts and Drake London and Tyler Algier, who still has a role in that team. And I forgot about Cordell Patterson. People are like, oh, well, Desmond Ritter, he's not a good quarterback. Well, I could be a good quarterback with that many great players around. God forbid, all you got to do is hand the football off and off they go. So Arthur Smith, a great offensive mind. I, I think now with Bijan Robinson, the Falcons are the team I'd pick to win that, that wow. division. And Algier ran for, what, 1,100 yards? yards? Yeah, I know. Yeah. And, and they got him out of nowhere. Uh, is Joe Burrow's contract bigger than Lamar Jackson's? Yes. Is Justin Herbert's bigger than Lamar Jackson's? Yes, maybe by a little bit. If I'm Herbert, I want to see what Burrow gets, and then I want to try to come in between Burrow and, and Lamar Jackson. Oh, so you don't, if you're Herbert, you don't go now. No, I want to see what Burrow gets if I'm Herbert. Okay. I, I think Burrow is the one guy who may come out of this, Dan, with like a 10-year contract and his compensation is tied to a percentage of the salary cap. Players have tried to get that. Teams have said no. I think Mike Brown, the owner of the Bengals, is enough of a renegade to tell the league, I don't care. This makes sense for us. We're going to give Joe Burrow a set percentage. So as the cap goes up, his pay goes up, the contract is never obsolete. Look at the Patrick Mahomes deal in light of all these other contracts. I know. 
Patrick, Patrick Holmes getting robbed right yeah. now. Yeah. And the Chiefs are lucky that he's he's wired in a way that he's not kicking in someone's door saying, take care of my contract, but they need to take care of his contract. I think the Bengals avoid that if they give Joe Burrow a percentage of the cap. Have a good weekend, Mike. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Dan. See you, pal. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk Live. Yeah, we said it at the time with Mahomes. That is a team-friendly deal. And it didn't take long for that to be a really, really team-friendly deal. Andrew in Washington is back. Hi, Andrew. What's on your mind today? Good morning, Dan and Annette. Happy Meat Friday. Well, our Carolina Panthers got the uh, draft pick they wanted. I'm really excited. I hope that Frank Reich uses a little different offensive scheme to get the most out of Bryce Young and we could move forward in this new era. Um, Will Levis, I don't know if it was just all the mock drafts that made us feel like he was a first-round draft pick, but like you said, Dan, I didn't see anything, and I watched a few of his games last year. Um, I do have a stat of the day, but real quick, Paulie, if you could give me a couple of types of pies to put to my face. I still owe you uh, draft day pies, which I'll have to do this weekend when mm. I'm off work. Mm. But I do have a stat of the day, if you don't mind. In all five of their postseason games together, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker have each scored at least 25 points. That makes the longest streak to start a postseason, also done by Shaq and Kobe, for a pair of teammates in NBA history. Go Lakers! Stat of the Day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading card to the Dan Patrick Show. Lakers, big favorites to beat the Grizzlies tonight. The Warriors are uh, big favorites, to even bigger favorites to beat the uh, Kings tonight. We'll take a break. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it, Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Aaron. TJ Hushmanzada and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too? It's funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find. That's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. 
Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. If I could eat bacon for every meal, I, I think I would. I, I don't think I would. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, brunch. My love for bacon is no joke. My wife, who I love as much as bacon, says I would even put bacon in cereal if I could. You know, I thought that I knew what good bacon was. Uh, turns out, nope, I was wrong. Because hmm. then I tried right brand bacon, and honestly, I was speechless. And you know it takes a lot to get me speechless, Polly. But it was mind-blowing how good it was. And now here I am, a man that's been eating bacon his whole life, like it's his job, and I've never tried bacon like this before. We're talking about number one, thick-cut, flip-your-whole-world-upside-down bacon, man. Everything from the thickness of it to how it's actually real wood smoked just makes it taste unbelievable. It's really indescribable. I can't do it justice, and you should really just try it for yourself. Yeah, don't be average. You're better than that. Do yourself a favor and get some right brand bacon in you. I'm getting upset. Experience bacon the right way. Right brand bacon. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or I don't know, take over a minute to down a two-liter? Well, if you have, then you're going to love pick six. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now. Use the promo code DP Show for a chance to win huge cash prizes. That's code DP Show. Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. All right, we'll get to more phone calls coming up. Uh, I still love these over-unders here. If I said... Uh, Passing touchdowns for Bryce Young, according to DraftKings, 26 and a half. C.J. Stroud, 23 and a half. And over-under rushing yards for B. John Robinson is just over 1,100 yards. And then you got Lamar Jackson. He's got some new toys in there in Baltimore. Over-under passing touchdowns is 24 and a half. Over-under rushing yards is 80, uh, 875 yards for uh, Lamar Jackson. Matt Miller works for the Mothership, covering the draft. He writes for ESPN.com, contributes to a variety of shows, including NFL Live and Get Up. Uh, thanks for joining us, Matt. At what point did you realize it was time to tear up your mock draft last night? At two overall, so about 7.30 Central Time <laughs> was when I was ready to go. That's, you know, I know I'm not the only one, but we've said all throughout this draft process, it's the most unpredictable year I've been doing this since 2011. It's the most unpredictable year I've ever covered because we didn't know what Houston was going to do. And it's so funny. You heard from camps throughout the last week. They love Will Anderson. And I'd reported this. They had a a grade on Will Anderson that was like perfect on your draft board. It's like a 9.0 or whatever scale they use. But then I even had someone grab me in the lobby the other night. They're going C.J. Stroud. They're going C.J. Stroud. And like, okay, I'm hearing both these things. They were all right. They were both right. They did love Will Anderson, and they did grab C.J. Stroud. So at a huge cost, obviously, they paid a lot to do that. But 
Uh, Houston definitely set the mock draft world on fire. Okay, why did Houston disguise this so much for so long that they wanted C.J. Stroud? I don't. There's no reason. There really isn't. When you were on the clock, and I think we've known for about a month that it was three weeks that it was going to be Bryce Young. So the only thing I can come up with, Dan, is maybe there was some legitimate, you know, conversation up until the point of the draft starting. And usually, what happens, you know, the morning of the draft, you're finally presenting the plan to the owner, saying, "Hey, here's what we're going to do." And things can change at that point. Uh, so maybe Cal McNair said, wait, I want both these guys. What's that going to take? But I, I do know the Texans have been laying the groundwork to move up in the days before the draft. So maybe they're also like, maybe they're smoking out leaks in this. You know, they, they oh. let Jack Easterby go. He was kind of known as a talker a little bit. So maybe they're saying, hey, we got a new front office uh, or new coaching structure, a new organizational structure. Let's find out who's leaking. So we're going to put this out. And we're going to put that out, and we're going to see where it's coming from. I like what Arizona did. I don't like the team, but I like what they did. And they <laughs> and they got the the person, that the player they wanted in Paris Johnson. And then you had the Colts. They were staying there. They weren't moving up. It felt like they weren't flinching, that they were locked in on. Now, was it whoever was going to be available, or was it going to be we're taking Anthony Richardson? I think the Colts were set on, we will take whoever's available. Okay. We'll, we'll take one of the guys. Whether it was going to be Richardson or Stroud, we're going to take whoever's available. Hey, I'm with you. I like what Arizona did, trading down. Paris Johnson's going to look great blocking for Caleb Williams next year because I just don't know that we're ever going to see Kyler. Is Kyler the guy there? Wait, wait, I don't wait, think wait. Kyler's the guy what? there. They, they paid him all this money. Oh, Carson Wentz got paid. Jared Goff got paid. I don't know that that matters anymore. If you're not the guy, you're not the guy. You've got a new head coach, a new GM. We'll see. I'm, you know, I'm rooting for Kyler. But I, I, the second that trade was announced, the first thing I thought was, they're going to have a lot of picks if they want to go get Caleb Williams next year. A lot of picks. And so you have to start you gotta start thinking ahead. Who's who's going to be the team that, that has eyes for next year's you know, unbeatable generational prospect? All right. You're first on the board with that uh, possibility yeah. there for Arizona. And, and I was mentioning this. I wouldn't have gone crazy for a quarterback this year. If I got one, great. Yeah. But I know next year's class is always better than this year's class, at least in our mind. But it feels like there's three quarterbacks next year who are who are better than these quarterbacks or would be rated higher. So you're going to have Drake I, May, yeah. Caleb, and Penix at Washington would probably, they might all grade out higher than these guys. Yeah, and there's always the unknown. There's always the guy that comes from nowhere as well. You know, maybe Quinn Ewers figures it out of Texas and becomes the guy. Uh, I'm I'm holding my breath on that. We'll see if it happens. But you're right. Uh, I think with Caleb coming out of USC, there are fewer questions about him. Same with Drake May. Right now, after a year of watching them play, Caleb for a year and a half, there are fewer questions. Now, their holes might get poked in them over the next 12 months. That that certainly happens. But I can tell you, like talking to scouts, general managers, even agents over the past couple months, a lot there are a lot of conversations already about next year. And I, I always think it's interesting when a team – sets themselves up for the future. Philadelphia has done that yeah. better than anyone. They do a great job of, let's keep an eye on the future. We want to always have two first-round picks if we can. And now now Arizona's that team that is really set up for next year if they want to be. The pick that bothered you the most last night? Um, I, I feel badly saying this because he's a good player, but Jameer Gibbs at 12 overall was a shock to me. I, I had him as like an early second-round pick. He's you know under 200 pounds. He's a smaller guy. He's a lot like what they have in DeAndre Swift. He's a slasher back who catches the ball. He's a great receiver out of the backfield. He's a dangerous kick returner. 
maybe if you put the label on on him as an offensive weapon, they're going to lose Jamison Williams to a suspension. But why for a not while. trade down, Matt? Exactly, that's my problem, Dan. And they so they did it again with Jack Campbell. They took two good players at bad value spots. Yes, you're right. And running back and linebacker are the two most devalued positions in the NFL draft. And Gibbs is not Bijan Robinson. Let's just be upfront about that. Mm-hmm. Where you take Bijan at eight, you're like okay. This dude, we've only seen a couple players like this before. Gibbs is like, it would be like drafting Jamal Charles. That's his ceiling. Best case scenario, Jamal Charles. Probably going to have a short career, but be a really good player in that span because of his burst. But you could have traded down. You didn't have to worry about the Green Bay Packers selecting him at 13. You didn't have to worry about New England selecting him at 14, especially with the way the board was falling. With good corners on the board still, good wide receivers, the way it was playing out, Detroit could have traded twice in the first round. It's still got these guys. He's Matt Miller, the ESPN NFL draft analyst. He writes for ESPN.com. If you were going to look at who missed out more on the player they really wanted, the Jets or the Cowboys? Oh, the Jets. And this was so predictable. The the minute they traded from 13 to 15, and everything you heard was they didn't want to do it. That was the last nail in the coffin. They don't want to do it. I love I love the chaos of the draft. So when when you see the way the board's falling, and here come the Pittsburgh Steelers with a gigantic need at left tackle, and the New York Jets with a gigantic need at left tackle, Pittsburgh jumps one spot ahead and takes the last tackle on the the last tackle with a first round grade in Broderick Jones. So I think the Jets, I think they may have panicked a little bit. Will McDonald is a fine player. I don't particularly think he should have been drafted at 15 at 240 pounds. Uh, and especially when you drafted Jermaine Johnson last year in the first, maybe he'll be the new Carl Lawson there and, and people can replay this and I'll be wrong. But it felt like the Jets got jumped and then didn't necessarily have a plan right there. I don't know if Dallas got who they wanted, though, Matt. I don't know. I think they wanted Dalton Kincaid. Yeah, I think you that do. Was the, yeah, I mean, I think they wanted Dalton Kincaid. Uh, the, the, the room didn't look great when it popped up on <laughs> TV. You know, they didn't look like they were super happy. <laughs> Uh, Mozzie Smith's a good player, and if he's going to you know, give Micah Parsons more clean looks off the edge, that's great. If he can stop the run in that division, which you're going to have to be able to stop the run in the East with all the, the weapons that are there. But, yeah, that one felt like a team that probably wanted to be able to trade back after they got jumped and just didn't have time to do it. Could everybody, everybody be wrong about Will Levis? So I, how do you mean that? I had Will Levis rated 25th on my board, Dan. I thought he was more of a second-round pick than a first-round pick. Okay. So if I don't know which side. I would say I was on the side of he should not have been drafted in the top five. Okay, but Mel Kuyper, Mel Kuyper shouting I last night, take, take him at yeah. number two. I love Mel. Uh, that is the beauty of evaluation is we can watch the same player mm-hmm. – we could sit down together in the same room, watch the same player, and have different opinions. And I think for Levis, it's 2021. You saw the promise, the upside. 2022, I saw a guy who couldn't get the ball out. There were times he was just tight in the pocket. You know, he's clutching onto the ball, afraid to make a mistake. So there's kind of that yin and yang. And it, it doesn't help when you hear things like, hey, he's kind of like Carson Wentz. And it's like, okay, well, which Carson Wentz am I getting? And it's like, yeah, that's the, that's the point. We don't know which, which player you're going to get. So... Um, could be wrong. This could be the motivation he needs. You know, I, I always felt like he was a, like a type A perfectionist personality anyway, to where I don't know that he needs a bigger chip on his shoulder. You know, I think that already existed. And, and you know, with the way that he's kind of been overlooked in this project process, but um, maybe it'll work. The Rams at 36, his offensive coordinator was with them last year. No team will have better intel on Will Levis and the LA Rams. And they could use a quarterback in the future. If the Rams pass on Levis, 
we we probably know a little bit more about why he's falling at this point, whether it be the toe injury, the injuries he had last year, the 23 interceptions, or reports that he wasn't interviewing particularly well. What about Hendon Hooker? When does he go? Yeah, I think he goes early as well. Uh, So I'm a Hendon Hooker fan. I I said on one of our things, I would take Hendon Hooker over Will Levis, and I, I got mocked ruthlessly. So we'll see what happens, but... I think that we we see teams. Detroit makes a lot of sense if they want to go QB of the future. I still think Seattle is a team. Hendon would be perfect in Seattle because of the deep ball ability, that what he does as a runner. He only threw five interceptions the last two years in the SEC yeah. while playing in an offense that pushes the ball down the field. I mean, they're not just throwing check screens and and dumping it off. They're attacking. So I think he'll he'll go fairly early, especially with the report you know this week that he's going to be ready to go sooner than everybody thought. Good to talk to you, Matt. Have fun tonight. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate you. That's Matt Miller, ESPN NFL draft analyst, contributes to multiple shows. You see him on Get Up, NFL Live, and he writes for ESPN.com. Barry in Santa Fe. Barry, welcome back. Good morning, fellas. Good morning, chat row. Dan, I may have to go on Maury for a DNA test. Did you see the Make-A-Wish kid who uh, announced the Jets uh, pick last night? He was wonderful. Oh, man, he gave us a nice J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I was in Jersey 14 years ago. (laughs) Stop. Stop. Oh, boy. (laughs) Thank you, Barry. That's uh, Barry in Santa Fe. He does what he wants to do when he wants to do it. What's his motto, Seton? He does what he wants when he wants with with who he wants, maybe, or something like that. I don't know. I don't remember that last part. John in Philly. Hi, John. What's on your mind today? Hey Dan, uh, six foot two ten. Um, I was wondering uh, with the change in the draft format, with the first round being on primetime Thursday night, how much that plays into someone slipping from the first round to the second round. Like, if if Will Levitt, if it was like back in you know ten, twelve years ago when the draft was, the first three rounds were on Saturday, and Will Levis goes in the second round. Would it be that big of a deal, or is how much, you know, or is it bigger now because it's you know we have 24 hours to talk about it? Well, I also think John that Will Levis was talked about as being a number one overall or at least a top five draft pick. Therefore, that's where it stings more. If you said if if it was more of the Hendon Hooker expectations, then it's not as big a deal because if Hendon Hooker went in the first round, it'd be late in the first round, and I thought maybe the Vikings. But going into the second round, it's not a big deal. It was Will Levis had all this momentum. And then you had Mel Kuyper saying he would take him to number two overall. And I kept thinking, I know Mel has forgot more NFL than I know, but he's wrong. I just didn't see it with Will Levis. And then I reached out to his source and I said, help me understand this. And my source said, smoke and mirrors. That was, that was the description of what was going on with Will Levis. And I went, okay. You, he looked like he could play the position. He just wasn't consistent. And if you're not consistent in college, how are you going to be consistent in the pros? It's rare. There are certain traits you take with us, certain traits that you can improve upon. But a lot of times you are who you are when you're going into the NFL. And that's what I was surprised with with Will Levis. Because it felt like he had the measurables. He could be a poor man's Josh Allen. I mean, you know, all these things. I mean, C.J. Stroud had knocks against him as well. 
you didn't interview well or, you know, the, uh, the test that you take as a quarterback, uh, that he didn't do well on that. Like, you know, I get it. And, and stuff is leaked. Leaked so somebody may get somebody that they want. Or, you know, somebody may fall in love with somebody because they're worried somebody else is going to take them. I mean, that happens with the draft. This is business. They have no problem lying to you. Yeah, Paul. I love, though, that this is now a three- or four-year storyline because Mel Kuyper is going to either look like, remember he had the Jimmy Clausen, I'd take Jimmy Clausen over everybody pick 15, 20 years ago. And he's had other picks where he said, this guy will not work out, stay away from him, because Mel gives you his opinion, not necessarily the mocks. So in three years, if Will Levis is looking at his next contract because he's awesome and he's Josh Allen because they had similar college careers. We, We rarely remember when you're right. But we never forget when you're wrong. You know, it's like Skip Bayless was completely wrong on Johnny Manziel, and Merrill Hodge was completely right on Johnny Manziel. It's this is my opinion. Like Tim Tebow, Skip was wrong on Tim Tebow, but he he falls in love with the person. If you're going to analyze the draft, you have to fall in love with the skills. Like you have to. It's like. A, Take away the personality or the you know the person itself. These are the skills. This is what he does. This is how he does it. Here's the tape. But you can't go, man, I really like that guy. Because then that takes you down a path of no return. And that's when you get in trouble when you make these picks. There are guys that I've gone, man, I love one. Like Zay Flowers. I love him. I think he's a wonderful pick for the Ravens. I don't know him. I just know when I saw him play at BC, I'm thinking, how did he get to BC, and how did he not transfer? Jameer Gibbs, when he was at Georgia Tech, I went, God, that guy's good, but he's at Georgia Tech. It just sometimes now, if you play, if Zay Flowers played at Alabama, we'd be like, man, that dude, he is a baller, you know. Now he might not start until his <laughs> last year there, but but. You know, you have a different opinion where they play, who they played against, uh, and how consistent. I'm watching Will Levis, and I've said it before, you don't start at Penn State, you transfer to Kentucky, had a good first year there, the second year, and maybe he was injured. I get all that. Anthony Richardson, I said the same thing. I I watched the Kentucky-Florida game because I thought, all right, let me see what we got here. I came away with a, you got to be kidding me. I was disappointed. Yeah, more. Going back to the draft, and we were talking about um, Nick Saban and John Calipari. Is this basically a recruiting tool? Like, hey, everybody, hey, guys, high school kids, you're watching this? You see all these guys? They come well, to Tuscaloosa. <laughs> Nick Nick had a suit on that you couldn't miss, by the way. Uh, questionable, questionable choice there. What? what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick up for Coach Saban. He looked like he's getting ready to go to... Pinehurst. No, he looked like he was, he was going to prom or something. He had a nice linen. It looked like a, maybe a linen jacket. I don't want to speak out of school. What, what color was that? Salmon. I don't even think it was salmon. It was a lovely salmon. I don't even think it was salmon. Uh, that was strawberry quick pink. Strawberry. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Blue, yeah. blue. Yeah. Uh, let me take a break. Uh, we have the new Ironwood Grill from Traeger, and I'm watching Tyler and some of the backroom guys. They're searing our ribeye steaks here. We are debuting this, and it looks tasty there. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go... You can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on.